forth in the power and in the accuracy only the spirit of grace can bring. Father, we intend one thing, to, to raise up and to glorify our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're asking this night that the spirit of grace open our hearts to see these truths, Lord. Father, that we may do the works that Jesus called us to. Now, Father, as we break the bread of life, we, we ask you to make it appetizing to us, Lord. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn with me to the fourth chapter of the book of St. Mark. Fourth chapter of the book of St. Mark. We are, we started last Wednesday night and we'll finish it up tonight. Uh, the parable of the sower sowing the word. The parable of the sower. Praise the Lord. We found out that a parable was just simply a physical explanation of, of a spiritual principle. All a parable is is explaining a spiritual principle in common physical terms. And other things that we can see and feel explains the uh, 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 spiritual realm. So when we lo look at this parable, he's comparing it to what happens in the spirit world but he's explaining it with spiritual, I mean physical uh, examples. Amen? He gives us an example. says the sower went out and sowed a sowed seed or sowed the word. The sower went out. He's sowing something. It's something you can see. Blessed be God. You can't see the word of God as you plant it in your spirit. But blessed be God, it works the same identical way as it does when a sower goes out and plants a crop. That's all he's explaining this to. You know, he said in the uh, 12th and 13th verse, that he said, Know ye not this parable? And how then shall you know all parables? In other words, if you don't understand the parable of the sower, you're not going to understand any of the parables that Jesus uh, uh, taught on. You can just forget it. And I'll tell you another thing. I'll add something to that. If you do not understand the parable of the sower, you are not going to understand how the kingdom of God works. You're not going to understand how the kingdom of God works. Well, I don't have to understand that. Well, you, are, you have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Uh, uh, Philippians 3.20 said, You're a citizen of heaven right now. See, you've got citizenship in another world. You, we're alien beings down here on this earth. We came from another world. Amen? Blessed be God. We came, this man on the inside of us, the one that sustains this man on the outside that you see, that man on the inside of us came directly out of the heart of God. He's born out of God. And this realm over here, this spiritual realm that we're learning to operate in is the realm that controls the physical realm. At the same time, right now, there's two worlds going on simultaneously. Right now, a physical and a spiritual world. Right now, a physical world's on, a spiritual world's on. In the spirit world, there is demonic forces. There is physical, uh, 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 human spirits. There is good spirits, there's angels, and there's God over in the spirit realm. And it controls what happens over in our realm. Can you say amen? How many of you know the spiritual forces of life control the physical forces? How many of you know fear controls physical people? Hate controls physical people. How many of you know that love controls physical people? Fear, faith. All these are, are spiritual forces and they control men out here in the physical. Well, blessed be God, if we learn to operate over here in the spiritual world, which is our native land, that is our homeland, that's where we come out of, that's where this man was born into. Amen? This realm. And when we learn that and learn how to operate in that, we can operate over here in the physical because this, this, this spiritual realm will control the physical. It's just like receiving your healing. A lot of people try to receive something out here in the physical realm. They try to feel something or something out here in the sensation out here. God heals you through your spirit. 
It must be deposited in your heart first and then go out. It's from the inside out. God does not just patch you up out here. He doesn't just put uh, some kind of feeling out here to let you know you're healed. It must be deposited first in your heart. He's a spirit being, and he deals directly with your spirit. Can you say amen? Many times, a person comes for healing. If he don't feel something or don't fall out or something like that, think, well, he didn't get anything. Whether you fall out, feel good, bad, indifferent, has nothing to do with it. It's whether you receive the Word of God and that deposit in your heart. That's all that makes any difference because if the Word ever penetrates your heart, then your body has no choice. It has to obey that spiritual principle. Don't have a choice. You say, yeah, but what if I quit hurting? I mean, keep hurting. That ain't got anything to do with it. If you'll stand on what you have, if you'll stand on what you have in your heart, then it will go out all over your body and it'll correct anything that's in your body. Amen. Don't make any difference what it is. Praise the Lord. Mark the fourth chapter, first verse. He said, And he began again to teach by the seaside. And there gathered unto him a great multitude so that he entered into, the sh into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables. And he said unto them, In his doctrine, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the way, wayside, and the fowl of the earth came and devoured it. So some of them got devoured, didn't they? He planted, though, but they got devoured. Some fell on stony ground where there was not much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth in itself. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, withered away and some fell among thorns. And the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no fruit. And others fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears, let him hear. And when he had done, and when he was alone with them, uh, alone they were about him with the twelve, asking him this parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without all these things are done in parables. Ben Johnson said the reason of the parables is to explain to you the mysteries of the spiritual dimension. Grieber said to understand the mysterious laws of God's spirit. That's why I'm teaching you in parables, he said. I'm showing you how the spirit dimension works the mysterious laws of God. How many of you know the laws of God will control the physical laws? They will control it every time. God has got laws that work in the spirit, and if we will work them, they will work for us every single time. They're the laws of the universe. I mean, just like gravity. If I throw that bottle up, it is coming down. Amen? Why? Because God put a law into motion and it still works today just like he did when he put it into motion. Just like when he said everything reproduces after its own kind, today when you plant corn, you don't get chinaberry trees. Amen? Because everything reproduces after its own kind because God said so. That is the law of God. God's laws work for us. See, sometimes you think, well... God does this and he does that, you know, as he wills. He has set things into motion because it's his law and we can go by his law every time. See? We've got something to depend upon. Praise the Lord. At 12th verse, he said, he taught by parables that seeing they may see and not proceed. And hearing they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven them. Ben Johnson translates that. I thought it helped. We just 
cleared that verse up before we got any further. How many of you wanted to get that one clear? Sounds like he didn't want them folks to get anything. See, it sounds like he didn't want them to have anything. He is teaching in parables where them folks over there couldn't get anything. See, he's explaining this parable to, you know who he's explaining to? He's not explaining it to the disciples. See, he said, and when he was alone, 10th verse, they that were about him with the 12 asked him of the parable. See, he's not telling his disciples. They're listening, but them folks that was with him. How many of you know he had 82 of them working for him one time? He had a big group of disciples one time. He had a bunch of them working, and he's explaining it to all them. All right, it sounds like, well, I've, explained, I've, I've, I've told this parable where y'all could get a hold of something, but I don't want them other folks to know anything about it. That's not what he said. Let me read you Ben Johnson's translation. He said, these outsiders see the picture, but they don't grasp its meaning. They hear the words, but they don't understand their significance. If they did experience the meaning of the stories or the parables, their lives would be transformed. Praise God. Praise God. So if they heard anything, they'd be transformed. That clears that up. He wants to transform everybody. Amen? Whosoever will. Whosoever will. See, he, you know, he just told them, said, take heed to what you hear. The same measure you hear with, that's the measure it's going to be measured back to you with. If you've got a big scoop with and you're going to hear real big with, then you're going to get you a big dipper full of it back. Amen? See, a lot of people never come expecting to learn anything anyway. A lot of people come with the attitude they know it all anyway, see? Well, I've heard that parable of the sower. Well, I've, I've been, you know, I've heard that since I was, you know, I learned that before I went to kindergarten. I learned that back in CAs or something. Are you listening to me? Praise God. It don't matter if we got a little boy up there six years old, the anointing of God's on him, listen, let's learn something from him. I plan to learn something from him. I've listened to people preach that I knew what they was preaching was error, but I, I'd made up my mind I was going to learn something, even learn how not to do some things. Huh? Are you listening to me? When you hear anybody preach, don't just turn them off. Pay attention to what they're saying. And, and, and if, if, if they just preach error all the time, you don't have to just keep hearing them. Take heed to what you hear. Take heed to what you hear. Be careful what you hear because what you hear will react upon your uh, uh, mental facilities and that'll, that'll rest on your mind and that's the way you'll get to thinking. You know what you speak out your mouth is what you hear. See, the problem isn't I'm going to control my tongue. That ain't how you control your tongue. The way you control your tongue and you have what you say is take heed to what you hear because if you hear it right, you're going to speak it right. Amen? And if you speak it right, then you're going to go to acting right. Amen. And if you're acting right, then you're going to be a doer of the word and then you're going to have what you say. Praise the Lord. I say praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The 14th verse. Now he said here, the sower sowed the word. Now, what is the whole subject of this parable of the sower? The, the whole thing is talking about one thing. The what? Word. The Word. The Word. He's talking about what the Word of God will do, what this Word will do. You know, I got studying on this parable one time. Hadn't been saved long. But I got to reading that, and it said some of them produced 30, some 60, and some on hundred. Well, who produced them? Those that had the good ground. So I got to figuring up, how can we get some of this good ground? Because the good ground's producing. It ain't the good ground that produces. It is the Word of God. You can throw it out in the middle of the Sahara Desert and bless God, this Word of God is not bound. It'll grow up and produce anywhere you're at. 
Someone said, well, you know, that prosperity and all that stuff, that won't work in third world countries. How come it won't? The word of God is not bound. It is law set into motion by Almighty God. And if they'll put these principles into work, it'll work in Argentina just like, like it will in El Dorado. It'll work in Southeast Asia. It'll work in India just exactly like it will in New York City. The Word of God is not bound by any boundary. It is not bound by any country. It's not bound by any force of the universe. It's the law of Almighty God. Hallelujah. I've got a friend named Jim Zirkle. He doesn't preach anywhere but in third world countries. You know what he preaches? Same thing we preach right here. <laughs> That's all he preaches. You know why? Because it'll work up here, it'll work anywhere. He goes in and preaches to the pastors. He gets the pastors turned on to the Word of God and find out that our God is not a liar, but that He is truthful in what He said in His Word. He'll back up and He'll do. See, as you get confidence in the Word of the living God, then you'll step out and believe Him. You'll believe what He says. Now, read some of them letters that come from down there in Central America. I tell you what, I'm not worried about the communists taking over Central America. Jim Zirkel's down there. <laughs> I'm not a bit worried about it. Zirkel's there. Hallelujah. He's going to take country after country. How's he going to do it? He's going to take it by preaching the word of the living God and those countries down there is going to see that those Christians, that they've rose out of that poverty and that sickness and that filth and that God's word will work for them, hallelujah, and that people can have the same thing that, that Jesus Christ said they could have and they'll not have to be just third world countries and third class citizens. They can be sons and daughters of the most high God, hallelujah. Praise God. I tell you what, he went into Guatemala and he hadn't been there long. Some of those students from Rama come down there helping him. It wasn't long. The president of, the, uh, of Guatemala was having an hour TV show every Sunday night and preaching the word of God out of Guatemala. They got the president saved and full of the Holy Ghost. It was in the Wall Street Journal I read it out of the Wall Street Journal. How I many of you know what the Wall Street Journal? The most controversial, they're, they're the most atheistic against everything. They're finance-minded and everything else. But it was a phenomenon. It was, it was something. The president bought an hour of primetime TV just to preach about the Word of God in Guatemala. <laughs> Praise God. Someone said, this won't work in third world countries. Well, you just hide somewhere behind the rock and watch it. It'll sure do it. It'll work every time. Well, how it makes you so sure? Because God's Word, it's a law. It's a law. Praise the Lord. I already said in the 14th verse, the sower sowed the Word. Talking about the Word of the living God. All right, look over in the 26th verse now. He said... And he said, see, this whole thing is about the parable of the sower. And he's telling exactly how it works. Now, why is he telling about how this word works? Because you are a new citizen in a new country, and you don't know how the laws of this new country work. But I'm going to teach you how they work, Jesus said. I'm going to teach you how it works over here. He said, no man has ascended to heaven, but the Son of Man who descended from uh, from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. He said, I'm walking around in heaven right now. Well, if he's walking around in heaven, we are too. Amen. How come? Because I have died and my life is hid with Christ in God. Hallelujah. I'm in the new world of Almighty God. Amen. Can you say amen? I'm a citizen of a new world. I have a new kingdom, praise God, that I live in. I have a new capital. It's not Washington, D.C. It is heaven itself, praise God. 
Oh, a new, new, new capital, a new kingdom. I've been translated out of the kingdom of sickness, death, poverty. I've been set, I've been set free from all the dominion of the enemy and been translated over into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. Satan has no more rights over in our kingdom than Gobashoff has uh, come into Union County. Well, what if Gobashoff was to come over here and say, well, you know, y'all have a nice little church out there. I like that. I'm going to get this parking lot. I, I want to set up headquarters over there, right there in Union County. I'd like to have y'all's church. Well, we'd laugh. Huh? We'd laugh. So what's wrong with you, fella? What's your... You want another mark on your head. <laughs> huh? But Satan will come in, knock, open the door with his Asian flu and the Hong Kong flu and, the, and every kind of sickness and every kind of disease. And you'll say, oh, it's him and just get him in and put a good pair of silk pajamas on and crawl up in the bed with him, see? Amen? Instead of taking the word of God and whooping him clean off your property. In the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus strikes fear in Satan's heart just like it did when he was raised out of the pit of hell, victorious over death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. Well, glory. He said, the sower sowed the word, 9, 26 verse, and he said, so is the kingdom of God. Now, what we're talking about, the word of God, yeah. He said, so is the kingdom of God as a man should cast the seed in the ground. So he's going to tell you how the kingdom of God. Now listen, I'm talking about a parable. I'm going to tell you how the kingdom of God, the spirit realm, the world in which you are a new citizen works and how to get this thing to work for you over here in the physical. I'm going to show you physical things, how to get it to operate for you in the spiritual. He said, so is the kingdom of God. As if a man should cast the seed into the ground. Praise be unto God. Now, what's he going to explain now? He's going to explain your new, new uh, country, your new uh, kingdom that you live in. Explain exactly how it works over in God's world. Now, how's he going to do that? He's going to take some physical things that we know something about and explain what happens over here. Amen? Our 27th verse. 26th verse said he sowed, uh, uh, he sowed seed, cast seed in the ground. And he should sleep and rise day and night and the seed should spring up and grow up. He knows not how. How many of you know you ain't got to understand the inner workings of seed and everything else and how this thing works and know every little detail. I've seen people want to take the Greek and trace it back every bit of the way and, and get so involved in word study, studies and stuff like that that they miss the whole point of Jesus Christ. Are you listening to me? You don't have to understand how this thing works for it to work for you. How many of you understand how, how a TV set works? Huh? How do you, you turn it on? You take one of those satellites and turn it on and, and pick up something in New Zealand. Well, how'd that do that out of the air? Got something out of the air up there and made a picture and got, got it here and it come in a tube. How did that do? I don't know how it does, but I still pull the handle. It still comes on, still working. See? You don't have to understand it. It'll work for you if you'll work the law. It'll work for you if you'll work it. But it's not going to work for you if you plant it. If you don't plant it, you don't get a crop. See? Someone thought, well, all these blessings belong to me. They don't belong to you till you put them in, in, in work, in force for you. Let me read you a scripture. Hebrews 5, 14. It said, but strong meat belongs to them at a full age. Strong meat. 
belongs to them a full age. Even those by reason of use, they use it. Have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. See, you've got to use this. This isn't something you just hear and say, oh, hallelujah, wasn't that a lovely little sermon? I bet if we tried that, that'd work. Well, it won't. Are you listening to me? You've got to exercise this. You've got to put it into work for you. You have got to plant the seed. If you don't plant the seed, you don't have a crop coming. When I used to hunt over in the Delta, I'd look down in long rows. Boy, they were straight as an arrow. Straight as an arrow. I could tell this to sure in some of them rows where them skips were in a row. They planted that row on Monday morning. That's some of them Monday morning planters right there. Used to, they had all uh, hands over there that, 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 that planted and everything. Now they got planters and all that over there. But I could tell where they was. Just about half, well, I don't feel like working today and I plant and throw it out across there anywhere. I don't want to be here anyway. Had skips in a the row, they wasn't pretty fields. That's the way of a lot of Christians, haphazard about the way they plant the Word. You have to be diligent to plant this Word. You have to be diligent. You have to plant it in rows. You have to have no skips in your row. Are you listening to me? You want a crop? You have to be steady. A steady drip makes a big hole, folks. Steady drip will uh, eat a hole in concrete. All right, he said, start over in the 26th verse. So is the kingdom of God. If a man should cast seed in the ground, so sleep uh, and rise. He sleeps, he rises, goes to bed, gets up, goes to bed, gets up. He sleeps, he rises, he goes to bed, and then he gets up. He keeps doing that. And he gets up one, and said, this stuff started growing, and he don't know how it grew. All he knows is he done what up there in the 26th verse? He cast seed in the ground. He don't know how come. What makes that seed grow up? He don't have to know it to get a crop. 28th verse said, For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And when the fruit is brought forth, immediately put it in the sickle, because the harvest is come. Praise God. He's talking about three things there. Plant, grow, harvest. Plant, grow, harvest. Plant, grow, harvest. Uh, Galatians 6, 7 said, Whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. Amen? So if you plant, that's the law of God. You plant, he says, as long as the earth stands, there will be seed time and harvest. Hallelujah. Praise God. Turn with me. Hold your finger in the fourth chapter there of Mark and turn over to the second uh, uh, book of Corinthians, the ninth chapter. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Ninth chapter, the sixth verse. He said, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give. He's talking about giving and planting and seed. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. He said, no, you don't supposed to give out of necessity or grudgingly. Well, there they go. He said, give till it hurts again. Well, it's already hurt my feelings already. I'm tired of that giving deal. Well, you ought to keep your money. So you keep your money in your pocket. You're not going to help nobody, and you're going to hinder yourself. So you're going to think you're going to get some kind of return on it, and you're not. You won't get nothing. If you, if you, if you don't give... Uh, uh, as you've purposed in your heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves a what? Cheerful giver. One translation said a hilarious giver. Every time he gives, he gets like, why is he hilarious? Because he knows the principles of God, how it works over in the spirit realm. Blessed be God, God has let us in on his financial plan. I'm going to get in on the spiritual blessings of Almighty God, and as I plant, blessed be God, I get happy about it because I know it's going to be a blade, then a stalk, then a great harvest, praise God, because God's law has been put into effect. I can get happy about that. Praise God. Praise God. 
Eighth verse, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. How many of you like to be all sufficient in all good things? Huh? You got to put it into effect. You got to plant. You got to give. You've got to... See, a lot of people don't understand this now about giving. Your tithe's not giving. See, a lot of people don't understand that. They, get, they, they, they plant their tithe, but the tithe belongs to God. Tenth belongs to Him. See, you haven't given anything unless it's above your 10%. See, a lot of people say, well, I pay my tithes all the time, but you know. Well, if you pay your tithes, He said, bring you all the tithes and what? Offerings into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I'll not open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you can say, it's more than enough, praise God, that it's more than enough. He said, prove me, prove me, prove me. The word works. Well, see what happens a lot of times. Someone will give $100 and say, well, bless God, I'm going to plant this. I've given my tithe. I've paid my tithe. Now I'm giving an extra 100 And they're waiting for the return and they forgot. First the blade then the stalk, then the crops. So you have to give it time to produce. You don't plant, how many of you ever planted uh, a field of corn and run out there and had a harvest the next day? Huh? He said, now this is the way this thing works. You plant this, first the blade, then the stalk, then the full corn in the ear. Then you put in the sickle, for the harvest is here. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's read another verse or two there. Ninth verse. said, as it is written, He hath dispersed abroad, and he has given to the poor. His righteousness remain forever. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, he that ministers seed to the sower, he that ministers seed to the sower, he that ministers seed to the sower. Do you understand what he's saying? He that ministers seed to the sower. Now who's this fellow out here sowing? That's me. That's you. Well, I don't have no seed. He that ministers seed to the sower. Where am I going to get any seed? I don't have a job. I don't have this. He that ministers seed to the sower. My God is going to give me the seed to plant. If he didn't give somebody some seed, how would they ever get out of the mess then? How would they ever get out of the junk just swamped them? I tell you what, it's people that's supernaturally in debt. That's no way they can get out of debt, no kind of way, not in this lifetime. And if they live to be six months older than the millennial reign of Christ, they'll still be under the uh, burden. How are they going to get out? They're going to have to get them something planted. They're going to have to work. Well, I tell you what, one of these days, maybe I'll get an inheritance. Now, if you're depending on earthly things, you better get you two or three jobs. But God said, I'll minister seed to the sower. Who do he say he's going to minister it to? To who? Reckon he knows who's going to sow? Reckon he knows who's going to run, buy him a new dress? And who's going to plant it? Huh? Well, I tell you what. Oh, I can see people when they go to prospering. First thing you know, where are they at? And the Lord has blessed them abundantly. Where are they at? They ain't been church in a month. What happened to them? Oh, we were so tired. Well, where have you been? Oh, we've just been out driving together. You know, we hadn't been together in a while. Where have you been? Well, we've been to Hot Springs. Well, bless Hot Springs' holy name. He's going to minister seed to who? Who? Who is the sower? He is the one that God knows is going to plant that thing. Amen? He ain't giving that to a fellow that's going to run and go buy him something pretty. Are you listening to me? Because you do that, you're going to spend your seed and you ain't going to have no seed to plant. And then when the time for harvest comes, you say, well, I, 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 I need, a, I need 
Ain't we a body of Christ? Don't we stand together on some of this? <laughs> Tenth verse said, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister. See, a lot of times people asking the Lord to do some things and bless, Lord, I'm asking you to do this and I'm asking you to do that. And Lord knows when he does it what you're going to do. How many believe God knows what you're going to do? Let me tell you something else. You know what you're going to do too. You ain't got to snow God. He knows and you know. He knows what you're going to do with them blessings. He said to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things, homes, land, all these cars, all these other things. He said they'll come as a matter of course. They'll come. Number one prosperity scripture in, in the Bible is seek ye first the kingdom of God. All, all his righteousness. Then all these other things will be added. Amen. Amen. Philip said they'll come as a matter of course. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food. Well, I ain't got nothing to eat. Well, he'll minister bread for your food and multiply your seed. What kind of seeds he gonna multiply? Your seed what? Huh? Talk to me. Sown. He's gonna multiply them that you sow. Amen. He's gonna multiply. Praise God. Praise God. He didn't say divide. He didn't say subtract or add. He said multiply. So he's going to multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Woo! That's shouting ground, folks. Increase the fruits of your righteousness. What is the fruits of your righteousness? Peace, joy, love, all these things. Going to increase that. Uh, you know, you can't have any joy at your house if every time you look up, every dime that comes in there, someone with their hand out. If every bill collector in the world is standing there, you owe this, you owe that, I got to give this. I need to pay it, and you need to pay your bills. I'm not saying that. But you can't labor under that kind of financial strain. The first thing you know, especially women, they'll crack. They can't stand that. And ain't many men can stand that. But I'll tell you what, you can grow you a crop and get out of that. You can grow you one of them big beanstalks like Jack Klein. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. amen. Praise God. All right, y'all find fourth chapter of Mark. Twentieth verse. It said, These are they which are sown on good ground. Who's the good ground? How many in here know who, who the good ground is? And write this scripture down, 1 Corinthians 3 9. In the King James, it says, You're God's husbandry. We do not talk like that. That's old English King Jamesism. We don't talk that way. Translator's New Testament says, you're God's farmland. Hallelujah. You're God's farmland. You're God's farmland. Well, and if it's your, your God's farmland and you operating on God's seed, I'm telling you what, I believe God's going to put the sunshine on it, the rain and everything. He's going to put something growing for you. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. So you are the good ground. Praise God. 21st verse. And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested, neither was anything kept secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Phillips translates that. There is nothing hid which is not meant to be made perfectly plain one day, and there is no secrets which are not meant one day to be common knowledge. Well, blessed be God, it is becoming common knowledge how the kingdom of God works now, how it works. You plant seed, first the blade, the stalk, and then the full ear. That's common knowledge now, amen? That's getting to be, we know how to operate in the kingdom. 
Praise the Lord. That's all he's saying. He's still talking about this parable of the sower. He said, I'm not going to hide this thing under a, a bushel. It's not hidden. He said, I'm not going to stick it up under the bed and hide it. I'm going to show everybody how the kingdom works. Hallelujah. Praise God. Right on over there. Storm was on. He, he, he done what? I, be, I bet he'd been preaching. I believe, I believe that time he'd been preaching about two days, three days. Some of you think, well, he preached a whole hour. Well, he preached sometimes three days. Peter preached, I know, one time three hours because he's preaching one time and Ananias come in and then it said three hours later his wife come in. He's still preaching. There's so much move of the Spirit of God where he was at. Ananias fell dead and they carried him off. His wife fell dead, they carried her off and just kept having church. You know, if it had been around most Pentecostal churches I know while well, all the women had run out of there and got on the phone. You know what old mean Peter did? <laughs> he said over Ananias, that fine couple. Twenty-fourth verse. And he said unto them, Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured you. And unto you that hear shall be more be given. If you hear it, you can get more. If you don't hear it, you ain't, ain't no use giving you no more. Amen? How many of you know nothing from nothing, still nothing? Huh? If you don't receive nothing, you didn't hear nothing, ain't no use giving you nothing else. If you didn't hear that, you ain't going to hear this. <laughs> Amen? Someone said, what's he talking about now? Yeah? <laughs> Phillips translates that. Phillips translates that. said, be careful how you listen. Whatever me measure you use will be measured towards you. Be careful how you listen. Be careful how you listen. When you go to listen to the Word of God, be careful about this stuff. This is what's going to sustain your life. If you've sold totally out to God, that's what's going to pr provide your finances. If you've sold totally out to the Word of God, that's what's going to produce your healing. If you've sold totally out to God, that's what's going to see your children come in and serve the living God. If you've sold out all, all the way to this Word of God, that's what's going to sustain your peace. That's what's going to get your prayers answered. So you've got to realize this. When I'm listening to the Word of God, I'm going to get every word of it I can. I don't care, you know, I don't care who it is. I'm going to learn me something. You know, it's like I've said before. I don't know everything. And I'd hate to know it if I'd die right now. Uh-uh, Jesse. I'd die ignorant as I am, see? Because <laughs> I want to learn something. But we've learned something, but, but this time next year, we're going to know twice as much as what we've learned. We got it in our heart. We're going to get a hold to it because we're not going to be this hearers only. We're going to put it into practice. We're going to plant those seeds. We're going to grow us a crop. Amen? amen? Hallelujah. Someone shout amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Look in the 30th verse. And he said, Whereunto shall I liken the kingdom of God? And he's going to show you how the kingdom of God, and he's talking about the word and so He said, and, and he said to them, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or what comparison shall we compare it? He said, Now it's like a grain of mustard seed, planting this seed again, which when it is sown into the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowl of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. He's just simply saying right there, no matter how small amount of word that you know, no matter how small it is, blessed be God if all you know is my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. If that's all you know and you plant that word in your heart, 
Blessed be God, it'll grow up and it'll produce the greatest need, whatever it is. It'll provide that need. No matter how small it is, it'll grow up and produce and fulfill that greatest need you have. Don't make any difference. I don't care if it's so small you can't see it. Well, I don't know nothing, brother, so. Look, none of them folks under Jesus' ministry knew anything. They just heard something. Well, they didn't even have the New Testament. They didn't have anything. They had a few rolled up scrolls of Isaiah and very few of them. The priests all had them. But they heard. And he said, take, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, how do you plant the Word of God? With my mouth. With my mouth. When do I plant this uh, seed? Every day. I don't wait till trouble comes. How many of you know? Now he's talking about planting seed. He's talking about how to plant it and all this. How many of you ever tried to plant uh, tomato plants? How many of you ever? How many of you ever planted tomato plants? How many of you ever planted cabbage? How many of you ever planted uh, a bell pepper or a hot pepper or anything like that? How many of you ever got out there when the storm was on and the wind was beating vehemently and the rain was coming straight down and tried to plant? How many of you ever tried to do that? Well, you can't do that, Brother Southern. I know it. And you ain't going to plant nothing neither when the trouble's on, when the trial's on and the trouble and the sickness and all that. You're going to try to get it right then. It's hard to do, folks. It's hard to do. You better get your crop growing off before that comes. See? But thank God for trouble comes. You can't get it. We can get together and get it off. We can help. You know, that's why we're a body of Christ. We can help in that area. So you can't keep doing that. One day you're going to wake up and you'll be on the backside of Timbuktu. You didn't plant that seed. Well, I'm a missionary. I'm doing everything I can for God. Yeah, but this don't come no cheap way. You have to get it just like the Word of God. It don't, it don't, that God don't cut no slack for nobody. It all comes just like that. You plant it, first the blade, the stalk, then the full ear and the corn. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So you plant it with your mouth. What do you mean plant it with your mouth? You speak it out your mouth. You speak it out your mouth. You continually. Behind closed doors, when you and you and your wife are together, you speak the word. When you and your children, don't let your children hear you saying one thing uh, in front of them and in front of someone else saying something else. Don't you dare do that. Don't you dare do that. You hear me? Don't you dare do that. You go playing them religious games, you'll get a kid confused and everything else, and he won't know anything about the word of God. He won't know whether it's just you trying to put on a show or it really works. Hebrews 3.1, you don't have to turn there, but he says, Jesus Christ, the high priest over our confession. Confession means homilegio in the Greek, meaning say the same thing. You've got to agree with God. When the problem comes up, I agree with God. When the problem don't come up, I continually confirm God's Word is true. I agree with God's Word all the time. I go around saying my God meets all my needs. Thank God by His stripes I'm healed. I don't just run and say that every time a symptom comes. Satan's not going to lead me around and tell me what to say by putting symptoms on me and making me speak something out my mouth. Are you listening to me? I speak what I want to happen. I speak my faith. I speak that out. And when Satan comes, I'm ready for him with the word of the living God. And I speak the word, and he flees because in Jesus' name, fear strikes his heart. When the Lord spoke to me and my wife, one time said, you get completely out of debt. It took us 10 months When he told me that, I told her, write the checks for everything you owe. Everything you owe, write the checks. Write the checks right now. Say, you mailed them off? No, I didn't do that. That's called writing hot checks. That's what they got folks in the lockup for. 
Say, well, what'd you have a right them for? Because that's where my faith is. I believe my God meets every need I have. And I'll not add none to that. How many of you know you don't get out of debt by keep charging? Huh? It took us 10 months. And we took scripture. I believe it was 18 scriptures. And we were so young in the Lord that some of the scriptures we, we was calling prosperity scriptures wasn't even prosperity scriptures. I was using John 3.16 as a prosperity scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave. Well, bless God, he gave. Uh, he gave Jesus. That sounds like prosperity to me. Amen? Hallelujah. I tell you what, in that 10-month period of time, I could punch her and all come out of her. Well, bless God, uh, honor the Lord with all thy substance, and, and the Lord will... <laughs> Hallelujah. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that gives you power to get well, that he may establish his covenant, that he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. Amen. It's continually uh, uh, scriptures. That's all. Romans 13, 8. Owe no man anything but to love one another. How many of you know you owe something? You owe a debt. You'll never pay it. You'll never get through paying it. It's to love one another. You owe that debt, but owe no man anything. Don't owe him anything. Someone said, well, that knocks out all the credit and all the trouble. No, it don't. You don't owe a fellow because you're behind on your bill. You know, ain't nothing wrong with credit. Ain't nothing wrong with charging a car or charging a house or char if you pay your bills. If you get behind, you owe the man. He said, don't get in that trap. My wife, I told her to write all the checks, write them all, everything. She owed more stuff. You can't imagine. See what all that woman owed for. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't realize what that old woman owed, you know. Clayton, you know, her old boat, her old shotgun, you know, her old pickup truck. You know, she just owed, you know. <laughs> Amen. To write it all. Write all of it. Write them all. We start believing God. What'd you start believing God? I start believing in planting that word, but I also planted something in the physical finances. I'd plant change. I wouldn't have enough even put a dollar in. I'd plant change. I'd plant anything. I'd plant what I could. Man, I even thought about robbing somebody, I suppose. <laughs> You think I'm joking. I'm not joking about this. Man, I'm telling you, I know where it was. I've seen a time where there wasn't nothing to eat in our house. We didn't have nothing to eat. One Thanksgiving, I was preaching. Didn't have enough to buy the kids in. I mean, didn't even have. And I always had plenty of money. Always had plenty. But I'd made up my mind, if I don't get it by the Word of God, I won't have it. I made that decision, and I, that's the way it works. I just made that decision. You ain't got to make it. I'm not asking nobody else, but that's what we made the decision. One Thanksgiving, one of the kids had killed a deer there at the house or something. They done eat him up. You know, if you ain't got a whole lot to eat, you eat him up pretty quick. Old knotted deer and didn't have nothing but some deer ribs left. And I uh, uh, figured, you know, at least somebody, you know, invite the preacher to eat, you know. At least do that on Thanksgiving. One lady told me later, said, well, he wouldn't even come eat dinner with us. You know, swole up. And I thought, dear Lord. I never did say nothing about it. I, I wanted to, though. We, <laughs> my wife put them deer ribs on and cooked them and burned them clean up. And burned them clean up. Just burned them to a crisp. Didn't, have, didn't even have that to eat. Well, you see, I wouldn't even eat that to start with. We always throw that to the dog. Ain't that right, Pete? We didn't eat that, you know. Now I'm eating that. I wouldn't even eat. And, and she burnt them up. And, and I mean, just black. And I said, well, put them on the table anyway. I prayed over them burnt ribs. I said, now eat. 
We sit up there and eat them, we look like we've been to a vaudeville show. You ever seen, seen something like all that around the mountain, all that old black stuff? And we got to looking at one another and got to laughing about it. It was funny. It was like, how many look like Al Jolson or somebody? You know, all that around. <laughs> and we just got to laughing about it. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We've had some terrible looking times like that. But blessed be God, we never lost our joy one time. We never got down in the dumps one time. We never said, well, I tried that old faith stuff and believe in God stuff and it didn't work. Not one time has my wife ever seen me down in the mouth. Not one time. Not one time did she say, he ever hear me say, well, it looks like we done missed God. I don't know what's wrong. Not one time did she ever hear me say that. She heard me say this, blessed be God, I don't care what it looks like now. I'm telling you, we've planted a crop and we got a crop of a harvest from Almighty God coming. Hallelujah. And I stand on the word of the living God and for me and my household, we're going to see my God prosper over this house and we're going to see the blessings of God Fall on us. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Month two later. How many motors did we put in that truck? Two? And one in that car? Had three motors blow up in a week. Only time I ever missed church in my whole life. Only time. Didn't have no way to get there. Only, way I, only time I ever missed church. Didn't have, didn't have no way to get there. You know one of the words, the words for faith? P-I-S-T-O-S. Pistos. Also means faithfulness. Someone said, my faith ain't working too good. Check up on your faithfulness. Check upon your faithfulness. Not just the church. Faithfulness to pray. Faithfulness to give. Faithful to give to the poor. Faithful to plant. Faithful, faithful, faithful. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember the time we believed God for that Mercury car? Remember the time we believed God for that Buick car? That's a white Buick, wasn't it? Remember the time we believed God for that blue Mercury? We found out how to believe God for some of this stuff. See, folks, if you don't never get you one crop growed off and receive one thing from God, you ain't going to receive two. If you don't ever receive one thing, you ain't going to receive. See, sometimes folks want to wait, like, believe God. I'm believing God for me, a $150,000 house and two new Cadillacs. Son, you better get off that bicycle built for two first and try to believe for a T-model Ford and pay your rent on time. Huh? Get you one thing. Believe God for one thing, and then it'll start working for you. If you get it across one time, it'll work twice. If you get it twice, it'll work three times. Word of God won't, won't fail. See, a lot of times you think, well, uh, he, uh, man, he just preaching something. I have put this into action. I have worked this word since I've been in the walk of the Lord. I'm telling you, I know whereby this word will work. I stand before Almighty God, and He knows I wouldn't lie no way in the world. I have done just what I said I've done. I've believed God for cars. I've believed God to pay my house off. I've believed God for every. We believe God for every, It worked, folks. Someone said, Well, I want a new home, but I, you know, I'll start paying your rent on time instead of four days late every time. Wait till they threaten to evict you before you pay it. Amen? Start believing God on little things. First time I ever believed God, I believed God for a $5 bill. It looked big as a saddle blanket when it come in. Man, that sucker, I carried it around. It's mine. I believe God for that. I don't, know, I don't even know who brought it. I don't even know who brought that thing. You say, you needed $5? No, I didn't even need $5, but I need to exercise my faith. Hallelujah. And I had planted. I had planted. I had planted. See, a lot of times people want to get a harvest and they ain't planted. It won't work for them. So, well, I don't know how it's going to work. You planted? All right. Fourth chapter there of Mark. Praise the Lord. 
Y'all get anything out of this tonight? All right. How do you plant the word? Talk to me. With what? With what? With what? You speak it out your mouth. Amen. Praise God. When you plant the word, what's going to happen? Satan's going to come immediately. When you plant the word, Satan's going to come. When the stalk grows up, what's going to happen? Satan's going to come. Amen? When the corn is in the stalk, what's going to happen? Satan's going to come. What is he trying to steal? He's trying to steal your seed, your word. He's trying to stop the word of God from working in your life. He don't even care if it, if, if it works for you. He don't care nothing about you. He could care less if you went to heaven right now. Do you know that? Satan don't care about that. He, he don't even care if you go to hell. He don't care if you go to heaven, hell, or you go sideways. He'd care less. He don't care if you go to Canada. You know, you know, he don't care where you go. All he cares about is stopping the Word of God from working in your life. He wants to stop your authority in this earth. Praise the Lord. All right, the 17th verse, 417. How does Satan come? He said, and they have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time and afterward when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake. For the word's sake. What's he after? He's after the word. Amen? He's not after me, is he? Huh? Well, he put sickness on me. Yeah. Why did he do that? To stop that word you've been learning on healing. When you hear some of these things on finances and how to plant, he'll stop, try to stop you from planting your seed. Basic English said, when trouble comes or pain, because of the word, he quickly becomes full of doubts. 17th verse said, have no root in themselves and so endure for but a time. Afterward, when affliction, persecution arise for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. They're offended. Basic English said, when trouble or pain comes, because of the word, he quickly becomes full of doubts. Berkeley's first edition said, when trouble or persecution arise because of the message, he at once feels scandalized. He feels like he's been scandalized. <laughs> he's done been scandalized. <laughs> that's the way he feels. Or he's done been skint. Man, this, that, that stuff, I don't believe that. See, he's mad now. He's got this fellow mad because he stood on the word. See? See and he gets scandalized. See, he's, this says full of doubts. Comes full of doubts. Cotton patch, you know what he said, don't you? He said, when trouble persecution comes, they chicken out. They chicken out. They chicken out. 18th verse there. He said, and these are they which are sown among thorns. Now listen to me, folks. Don't quit listening to me. Now listen to me close. This is how Satan comes. Persecution, afflictions, Hey, this is how he's going to come. If you know your enemy, how many of you know a good soldier knows his enemy? Huh? A good soldier, a good prize fighter, he may study the, the fighter that he's going to fight, he might study him six months before a championship fight. He studies his every move. When he jabs, he drops his right. What does he do? He studies every move that he makes. Why? Where he can defeat his opponent. If you don't know your opponent and how he comes, when you come, most Christians say, well, that must be God put that on me. Don't even know what their opponent does. Don't even know who God, whether God put it on them, the devil put it on them, or it just crawled on them. Are you listening to me? Know your enemy. The 18th verse said, these are they which are sown among thorns such as hear the word and the cares of this world, cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Barclay said, the worry of the present world, the deceptive seduction of wealth, the desire of other things. Schoenfeld said, the lure of getting rich, the lure of getting rich, the lure, it lures folks in. 
Well, I've got to do this. I've got to work tonight. I can't go to church. I, 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 you know, I was listening to taste, but I don't have time now. I need to do this. I need to do this. You need to take care of the Word first. You need to work. I'm not saying that, but you need to take care of the Word first. If you'll take care of the Word, God will give you time to do what you've got to do. He'll make you some more time. He said over in John 14, 13, he said, if I don't have, said, whatsoever you ask in my name, if I don't have it, I'll make it for you. So if you need something, he ain't, he ain't got it, he'll just make it for you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Worries of the present world. How in the world are we going to pay this? How are we going to do that? What are we going to do? 20th century said, anxieties of life, the snare of wealth, all sort of other ambitions come in and so completely choke it, the word, that nothing comes out of it. Praise be unto God. Know your enemy. Know when the enemies come. People get under the cares of the world and uh, instead of taking care of the word of God first, and the first thing you know, the problem comes up and, 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 is, and they're just swamped and then they're under the care of the whole thing and then Satan's got them defeated. Are you listening to me? Amen. Know your enemy. Keep the word first place in your life and watch the word of God grow. Amen. Stand on your feet. Praise the Lord. Y'all get anything out of that tonight? Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Well, hallelujah. In the morning, 6.30, 5.30. And my wife won't let me sleep at other hour. <laughs>